everybody listening, everybody who's sharing this podcast across the world, we are EMS. Together, we make up EMS. And it is our job, it is my job as the director of the museum to invite you to contribute to that story, to help share that story, to help create an amazing legacy that we can pass on. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and today I'm excited to talk about the National EMS Museum. And it's something that uh, I followed from afar and sometimes closely uh, for the last uh, few years. And uh, there's some changes. There's some change in direction, some new people at the helm. And so let's talk about that this week. And to help me do that, I've got three Amazing guests, all connected with the uh, National EMS Museum. Christy Van Hoven, John Cromer, and Dave Zeman. So why don't you guys jump in and introduce yourselves? So, uh, John, why don't you go first as you're first on my, in my Zoom screen? Got it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Rob. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. I'm John Cromer. I am the uh, former director of the Office of EMS, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, retired from there a little over a year ago, and then started working with the museum more actively. Uh, I was on the board of directors for a year and helped with the transition that we went through uh, several months ago, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. Excellent. Uh, Christy Van Hoven here. You guys probably all recognize my voice, or at least I hope you do from uh, many of the museum activities. I have been around the organization as the director of the museum since 2018, but of course, uh, the relationship never starts there. I have been with the museum as a volunteer and board member long before that, uh, so you guys have me hooked, and I guess I am an honorary EMS for the rest of my life. Um, very shortly, I'll let you all call me doctor, too, if anybody's been following that journey. <laughs> Thanks, Christy. I'm Dave Zaman. I am the uh, incoming, now the new president of the Board of Directors for the museum. Very excited to uh, take on this challenge and help move the museum uh, forward. Uh, my background is in EMS 30 plus years. I uh, worked as a paramedic here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area for a number of years and then have been in EMS technology for over 20. Uh, currently serve as the VP of Sales for the Midwest for Pulsera. Wonderful. Thank you for those introductions. And uh, I want to start by going back and just doing a little sort of history lesson, a history on our history, I guess. And uh, Christy, why don't you talk about the origins of the museum, first of all? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, museums are my jam. They're my favorite thing. And this one came about by a wonderful group coming together at um, an NAEMT event thinking somebody needed to start saving the history of pre-hospital care in a more organized and meaningful way. And so uh, the organization was formed very grassroots by some dedicated, hardworking uh, colleagues in our field. And that was in September 2006. And they had the goal of saving history of pre-hospital care of 
collecting artifacts, collecting images, uniforms, old textbooks, anything and everything that uh, helps illustrate our history. And then starting to build exhibits. Uh, you've seen us on the floors at the big conferences, back in the expo halls. I've, I've met a number of you and we've shared a lot of great stories. Uh, we have been to smaller state conferences. And then just in the last five years, we've started partnering with museums across the country and really opening the door wide open to the public to understand what EMS is, what pre-hospital care is all about, and how they can get involved. So, um, yeah, I think that's the the quick and dirty. And now we're, we're excited on our next chapter to really highlight the story that uh, everybody is now starting to become aware of. But just so everybody understands, this isn't a, an address, a physical location, a... Uh, a place they can come and visit. You, you're more on the road and traveling than actually a s fixed site, or have I got that wrong? No, you have that exactly right. So um, the goal has always been to be the museum in the communities that have EMS. And so, of course, we know that's nearly every community across the country. And we think we want to redefine what museums are. We want to be the museum that is where our community is instead of making people come to us. So uh, from the very early days, we have thought traveling exhibitions and traveling museums are where it's at. And I'm going to drop that word, traveling museum, mobile museum, and we'll, we'll talk about it on the back end here. But um, we do keep our collections safe and stored uh, in a really great building in Wisconsin. And then we go out to as many places as will have us so that we can share all the fun knickknacks and bits and pieces of EMS history with both our colleagues and with the, the yeah. patients. History is a great thing. And I, and I just want to share back with you that we did a, uh, the California Ambulance Association did, a, did its a Siren magazine on the 50th anniversary of uh, EMS in California. And, of course, we relied heavily on you guys to uh, give us, you know, our history. And, and we thank you for that. But the thing that impressed me most, ladies and gentlemen listening, was in California, we actually had a log flume ambulance medevac system. So for one of these gold prospecting camps, if you had an injury, they stuck you in the log flume, not the one you see at the, 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 the fun fair or the amusement ride park, but actually for real. So that was pretty cool. So, again, our history is just remarkable. Um, but, of course, there's a change at the top on the board. There's, there's a change of direction. Uh, John, I mean, do you want to talk about what's just gone on? Well, I think, and I'll comment before going into that, Rob, your your 50th anniversary piece was just phenomenal. That was a, a great uh, addition to your journal. And links in the show notes, everybody. We'll let you, we'll let you look at that, too. There you go. The, and the virtual exhibit is still up on emsmuseum.org. So if you haven't seen that exhibit yet, it's still up there. So we're going to have an episode chock full of resources for everybody. So read the notes and we'll, we'll link you to everything. Sorry, John, we rudely interrupted. Do carry on. No, 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 that's fine. You know, Christy sort of alluded to the um, memorializing the history and taking advantage of the history, but discussions at the uh, board level over the last year, year and a half, really reflected on the fact that not only is it important for the museum to um, catalog and share with the community that history, but we really needed to use that history to 
educate the community about the basis of EMS, the transitions that have occurred in EMS over the years, the critical role that EMS plays in their community on a daily basis uh, all around the country, and then uh, ways that we can use the history to look forward and help shape the future. Um, the, the board realized that in addition to the, the previous board realized that in addition to the talents that they had, we really needed to recruit additional talent in terms of individuals who had uh, additional experience as Christie does in um, museum activities, curating displays, setting up exhibits, uh, those types of things, and, and candidly really needed to move forward in um, um, fundraising and uh, membership recruiting and activities like that. And, and those were talents that um, some of the board members had, but not across the, the board. So they made a very dramatic and very progressive decision to reach out uh, very strategically to the EMS community and the museum community and uh, recruit and identify new individuals with those backgrounds and those talents to come on the board. So we actually uh, developed a very uh, extensive recruiting period. We identified an external review panel uh, of which you were very kind to participate in to review the applications and help us identify extremely talented folks to uh, come on the board and help help support the board in moving forward so that we could really expand our outreach to the community, expand our education to the community. And when I say community, certainly the EMS community, but the community in general and really start to move forward and be the centerpiece of not only highlighting the history of EMS, but telling the community the critical role that EMS provides on a day-to-day basis. Hopefully use it as, um, use our exhibits and the traveling museum that, that Christy alluded to, to help recruit new clinicians into the discipline of EMS and help really um, uh, create and maximize the future moving forward. So it, it really is using the history, highlighting the history, and how we can now move forward in the EMS. Thank you for, for, for name-dropping me, John. It was an absolute honour and a pleasure to be a part of that process. And uh, what was interesting, of course, is that, uh, and I just thought about this, you know, an, a museum without museum professionals particularly when you've got an EMS environment, it just becomes a store, right? So we don't want to just store stuff. We want to exhibit stuff. Um, the panel, that uh, the independent panel, were not only EMS people, but actually they were. As you say, they were mu- museum professionals, and I learned a thing or two. And it was amazing to have that great perspective of the, the technical input and, of course, the museum curation um, aspect of it as well. And so hopefully we were able to assist you all in, in creating and collecting uh, the right people for the job. So, which brings us to you, Dave. So, we now uh, have the president-elect, Dave Zeman. So, uh, talk us through the process, talk us through the board, and talk us through the plan. Sure. I, I think, you know, I 
heard obviously of the museum and had been a member for a, for a little while. Um, and then when the opportunity came up to to that they were looking for board members, I jumped at the opportunity. One because EMS is my passion; it's all I've ever done in my adult life, and I'm very um, conscious about not only our past but our present and especially our future. When you're talking about recruiting and retention. Um, all those type of things, we have to have a part in that. Museums are not just a place, while it's an important part of it, not just a place to look at our past and not just for EMS folks to look back and say, wow, I remember using that back in the 70s or 80s or 90s. That is a fantastic piece of it. But it has to be, we have to tell the story like John was talking about and Chrissy's talked about. We're not just here for EMS, folks. We're here for the community. We're here to educate the future. We're here to provide not only document the legacy, but to provide a foundation and an education that EMS as a profession, as we move forward, is, is respected, is understood, and, and maybe in small part, this museum can have a play of, of improving uh, EMS altogether, and not necessarily just in the United States. I want to very quickly pick up on, on Dave's comment here, because and this is my personal perspective, and I hope that I'm really right. Uh, but, but the ability to get EMS through many of the activities that we've talked about out into the community, I think is going to be um, a great morale booster for the folks out there who are taking care of patients on a day-to-day basis. I mean, everybody's suffered through COVID for the last three years. Um, EMS's presence, I think, is much more recognized now than it was prior to COVID because of the fabulous job that EMS uh, clinicians have done over the last three years. Um, But it's taken its toll, and I'm hoping that this will also serve as a morale booster for folks in the field. Well, we certainly need morale, and uh, we've just come off the back of uh, Lexapol's Wellness Week, where all of the uh, the verticals of Lexapol, Police One, EMS One, Fire Rescue One, have been doing wellness and really how to look after yourself related type topics and obviously a chance just to relax the brain perhaps a little bit and look back into our history and John before I get back to you Dave um, a few months ago we were on a podcast and you were mid driving the country from Florida back to Illinois or wherever it was with a truck full of artifacts and uh, equipment to put into storage for the museum I mean so, so you must have literally loaded a lot of content was there anything that you you picked up, any artifacts or anything you went, holy, insert an expletive here, I used that in my early days of med school, or, oh, there's that thing that we thought we'd ne- never see again? And, and I'll start you off, you know, how, many, how many pairs of mask pants do you have, how many backboards are you accruing, and all those other things? Well, you know, there, there were a number of artifacts, um, one of which was uh, one of the Dynamed uniform jackets, that was very popular in the 70s um, when I started. Um, But yes, there were uh, old app cars, there were monitor defibrillators, there were, uh, there are, um, you know, aluminum oropharyngeal airways. One of the early uh, AED models that is nowhere close 
to what an automatic external defibrillator looks like now. Um, it, it, it's fun. I was able to staff our display at EMS World last fall, and we had APCORs, and we had a LifePak 5, and we had pediatric mass pants. And folks would walk by and either smile and say, yep, I used to work with one of those. Or folks would walk by and say, are those the mass pants that we've heard about but have never seen? You know, it, it's interesting to, to do some of the correlation because as many folks are aware, we used to think mass pants were critical for the appropriate treatment of a hypotensive uh, trauma patient. Um, now we realize that that is not the case and we're starting to look at blood transfusions in the field. So the opportunity to look at the changes in clinical care that have occurred over the course of EMS's evolution, uh, I think it's just fascinating. And that was actually a great advert to why people should in, invite the museum along. And we'll, we'll come back and talk about how you can get some aspects of the museum to you. What's the plan for the future obviously we need to gain the visibility of the museum we need to get it all on the road are there, are there any future plans to, to help have a, help us all see these amazing things we've just been talking about yeah absolutely i think our, our first goal um as we've kind of alluded to is is fundraising we we need to raise some funds to be able to do to be able to get these things out on the road more often um, we, we rely on a lot of volunteers to be able to help and, and, and staff these booths and, and things like that and to have those artifacts out there, which is great. But I think we really need to, my goal uh, and the board's goal is to drive our membership higher, is to drive um, our fundraising higher um, so we can meet the, all the goals that we want to have. Um, you know, having those great artifacts that we have in storage doesn't do, while it while preserving history, it doesn't do us any good unless we can be out showing them and educating them. Because it's not just the artifacts that we're, that the museum is all about, it is the history and the people. And to get people who have worked through, in, you know, maybe started in the, you know, the Vietnam medics, through and, and came back and started with the first medics in this country in the 70s to working through AIDS in, you know, into the 80s, working into, um, you know, more of the, the traumatic, you know, gunshots and things, and then into COVID and then into civil unrest. All the things that we have to be able to document, we have to learn about. A lot of those stories are people and not necessarily just artifacts. And to be able to get those people out there and speaking um, and having, being able to, to have people like you, um, you know, have these kind of podcasts, fundraising is our first and our biggest objective. And that is our, um, my goal and the board's goal for the next, uh, least to start with the next few months. Okay, well, we can talk a bit more about that in a second. But first, let's have a word from our sponsor. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities. Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioral health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire rescue, 
EMS, local government and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit lexipol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. So welcome back. Uh, you can follow us, don't forget, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review us on the platform that you're listening to us on. So I'm with Dave Zeman, with uh, John Cromer, and with Christy Van Hoven from the National EMS Museum. Christy, you are a 501c3 charity, sorry, so I can actually give you some money right now. Yes, yep. we, we are a registered 501c3. And I think before I dive too much into that, I want to take a second to jump off of what Dave said right before the break. And, um, you know, fundraising is is our big objective, but we have this really awesome program um, being developed right now. It is a mobile museum that we have called We Are EMS. So the name of the exhibit, the name of the, the traveling museum is We Are EMS. And it is essentially a walkthrough mobile museum. And so we have a manufacturing partner that has helped us design some exhibits that look at the very beginning of pre-hospital care. So we're talking about buckboard ambulances, horse-drawn, bouncing through the Civil War battlefields through the 20s and 30s when we were starting to understand the relationships between our bodies and diseases and trauma and illness, and then moving into you know, the pre-EMS era on to 1966 with our first legislation and then the exponential growth that the industry has had since then. And a big part of the We Are EMS project is to allow people to take a step into our history, have, you know, those great stories surround them, but really start to see themselves as part of the EMS story. So whether you're a patient, a family member of a patient, a provider, an educator, um, an advocate of some reason, or you know somebody else involved with our community, we all know somebody affected by EMS. And so with this We Are EMS project, with the Mobile Museum, we are inviting the community to become part of the museum, become part of EMS, and really build a community of network because our goal at the museum is to be that hub that brings the public to EMS, that brings EMS to the public in times that aren't overshadowed by an emergency. Um, It's very hard to make friends with the person saving your life, but you may want to reconnect with them after the fact and really have an opportunity to show your appreciation and thanks and re-engage in, in some really quality ways. Um, so that's that's one of our target goals is to be out there, to be EMS, to allow the community to be part of the EMS story and really support our colleagues where they need them, whether it's mental health, physical health, or just general appreciation. So with that said, that is a $5 million price tag and every dollar donated to the museum at emsmuseum.org is going to help bring that to fruition. Our hope is to keep it touring at least 30 weeks a year, if not all 52 weeks a year, uh, and get it on the road where everybody can just learn and embrace and we can create this warm hug around EMS. So is there an eventual plan then to go to you know all the major conferences? Because I was just at EMS on the Hill and actually having that display somewhere you know, in the capital would be an amazing focal point to bring down you know, our elected officials to, et cetera. But uh, you know, if, if I wanted to book you now, is there a way of you know, gaining some equipment, some stuff, some knowledge, some history from the museum for something that I may be planning? 
absolutely. So we have a few uh, traveling exhibits that are prepared and ready to go. One is called the Art of Emergency Care, which kind of looks at the history and the current practice of EMS through the lens of art. So this is a great way to bring colleagues together and initiate conversations about EMS or invite the public into your service perhaps and meet uh, their EMS providers in their community, but at a really crucial touch point where everybody kind of understands art. Everybody can look at a picture and, and comment on a picture and it starts some great dialogue. We have another one uh, that looks at kind of how how battlefield medicine and uh, military medicine has influenced EMS and how we rely back and forth on the innovations that take place with people in the military service and bringing that back into civilian care. And then of course, we're happy to create something for you. So if you're out there and you're thinking, man, we have an anniversary this year, we want to have a display, um, let's connect, let's make you that commemorative exhibit so that you can invite your community in and you can really celebrate the great work that you do each and every day. And the best way to do that is reach out to us at emsmuseum.org, info at emsmuseum.org or director at emsmuseum.org. If you haven't picked it up yet, it's emsmuseum.org and you can go there to donate as well, join as a member. Um, but we need, we are EMS up and out the door as soon as possible. So anybody that's listening, if you can connect us with somebody that can help bring that to fruition, um, we want to launch it by the end of the year. So we need to move fast to get some help to get that trailer out on the road. In case you stepped away, don't forget, everybody, it's emsmuseum.org because that's the, place, that's the go-to place. So we're almost on time for this episode. And so I'm going to ask the classic Rob Ending journalistic question. Is there anything I've forgotten to ask you or anything you need to tell me? And we'll go with you first, Dave. No, I think we've done a good job. I think the idea is, um, Christy has very much said it, emsmuseum.org is, is a great place to EMSmuseum. start. emsmuseum.org, don't forget that. <laughs> In case we forget, uh, is a great place. And um, I think everyone who's listened to this has a part in our history, um, and we would love your support. John. Ditto. I mean, in, in, in looking at the resources that are available and looking at what has happened in EMS over the last 50 years, I've had a, a very unique and, and fortunate opportunity and looking at where EMS is going, I think this is, is a way to tie all of those things together. And we're extremely excited about it. Fantastic. And so I'm going to leave you the last word, Christy. And in, in your last word, don't forget to tell us how can we get in touch with you and how can we follow you on social media as well? Absolutely. EMSmuseum.org. But that is not my final word. Uh, my final word is this. We, everybody listening, everybody who's sharing this podcast across the world, we are EMS. Together, we make up EMS. And it is our job, it is my job as the director of the museum to invite you to contribute to that story, to help share that story, to help create an amazing legacy that we can pass on to the future. And we we can become the best EMS that has existed in generations. So please reach out, director at emsmuseum.org. That gets right to me, uh, emsmuseum.org. If you want to visit our virtual museum, scope out what we've been doing, donate, 
Um, and then of course we love our social followers. So we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram. Um, I'm not going to touch the Twitter politics, but we pop in there every once in a while. And of course we're on LinkedIn, but please remember we are EMS. We are all in this together and we want you to help us tell your story. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is emsmuseum.org in a nutshell. Guys, thank you so much for spending time with me. And don't forget, follow them on all those social medias. And uh, yes, I am also on Twitter at UKRobL1 and find me on LinkedIn. But follow these guys because they've got a great story to tell. They're gonna, It's going to grow. You're going to hear more and more and more. And hopefully you can have them at a location near you, mask, pants and all. So thank you very much indeed for your time thank you Rob. Thank, thank you okay that was another edition of uh, ems one stop but as always i've been your host rob lawrence and until next time oh and don't forget all the links we've talked about will be in the show notes until next time bye for now emsmuseum.org